0: everyone. This is Up Too Late, and I'm Teresa Zoe Williams. Welcome to our very first episode. I just want to say that I hope we have a lot of fun. And what's more fun than making new friends? So let's be pals. Speaking of new friends, I'm really good at it. Like, this one time in college, I was leaving class very stressed and was wandering the hallways alone, talking to myself, because of course I was. A guy from one of my last classes came up beside me and said, Are you talking to yourself? I am. Do you know you're doing it out loud? How else am I going to hear myself? That guy asked me to lunch and we became friends for a while after that. I cannot remember his name for the life of me. This other time I was at a week-long Catholic teen's leadership camp. You know the ones. Girls are pink, boys are blue, and no purple is allowed but everyone tries to blur the lines and get some innocent lavender going on. If you were lucky, you could hold hands coming out of the Adoration Chapel or hug goodbye at the conclusion of camp. So anyway, the first night of this camp, all the girls were sitting at one table ogling this guy. We'll call him Sheldon. Sheldon was cute, I admit it. The rest of the girls were too shy to talk to him, even though I kept encouraging them. So, instead, they dared me to introduce myself. Dinner was almost over at that point, and we'd all just been served pie for dessert. So it was now or never. So I got up from our table, I walked over to Sheldon's table, which was full of boys. You know, you always take the no purple rule super seriously the first night or two. I didn't say hi, I didn't introduce myself, nothing. I just stood beside him and said, that pie looks delicious. Then I scooped some up with my bare hand, which is such a no-no during Corona Tide now, but these were simpler times. And I ate the pie, then walked away. The girls were falling all over themselves, cheering. The boys were gaping in disbelief, and the chaperones started wondering what's up. Instead of just taking the win and sitting down like a normal person, I decided to do an encore performance. So I walked back over to Sheldon, said, That was good! Took another handful of his pie and walked away. He and I definitely made some lavender later that week. What can I say? Purple is my favorite color. I can't help myself. Something cool about friends is sharing with them. Common interests, worldviews, clothes, advice, sometimes a house or an apartment, organs when necessary, their social security number, eh, scratch that last one. But friends don't like sharing germs. Coronavirus still threatens our health and safety. So do like Jesus would do and save those around you. Wear a mask. Welcome to the show, everybody. Okay, so now for the drink of the day. It's super simple, super classic, and super me. Not that I'm simple or classic, but this drink is rum and coke. I went all out for you guys. I bought Coca-Cola brand pop and Bacardia Superior rum. Pinkies out, ladies and gents. Okay, this next segment might be one of my favorites ever, Uh, even though this is only the first episode and there have been no other segments. Now it's time for hashtag alt Catholic programming, where we muse on Catholic television programming we wish we had. First up is an idea from yours truly, Frater Memento Mori, which would involve visiting different cemeteries and praying for the dead. A spiritual work of mercy on TV. Yes, please. The next idea comes from Twitter Tweeter at Cape Girl 8. Catholic Ink, a show all about Catholic tattoos, the people who get them, and the artists who ink them. Sign me up. Maybe one day I'll go live when I get a tattoo. Do you guys think that's pretty fun? I don't know. We'll see. It's only the first episode. (laughs) Okay, so how about a Catholic matchmaking show? So this idea comes from at Emily Latranger and she proposes it be competition style with the moms of Twitter versus the priests of Twitter. Each side would have to put together a group of singles and see how compatible everyone is and how many of them end up pairing off. Bringing back the moms versus priests rivalry? Oh yeah, it's on. Here's a hilarious idea from at emilycath319. Send Michael Voris back in time in a time machine to 1400s Milan, Italy, and record his reactions. Can you imagine seeing the faithful frequenting communion and him calling it modernism? (laughs) And lastly, but certainly not least, this idea comes from at Katie Prejean. She has an awesome idea for a women's talk show, Women Wine Down the Word, where the lady hosts sit around, drink wine, dunk on boys, and share hair care tips and favorite novenas. I'd seriously watch that show every day as long as Katie is one of the hosts. That's it for this edition of Hashtag Programming. If you have an idea for Catholic programming that you want to see, tweet it to me at Teresa Zoe with the hashtag alt Programming. now we pause for a dramatic reading of scripture. Today's passage is from the first book of Samuel, chapter 20, verses 1 through 3 and 41, about two of the greatest biblical pals, David and Jonathan. David fled from Naoth in Ramah and went to Jonathan. What have I done? he asked him, "'What crime or what offense does your father hold against me that he seeks my life?' Jonathan answered him, "'Heaven forbid that you should die. "'My father does nothing, great or small, without telling me. "'Why, then, should my father conceal this from me? "'It cannot be true.' But David replied, "'Your father is well aware that I am favored with your friendship.' So he has decided, Jonathan must not know about this, or he will be grieved. Nevertheless, as the Lord lives and as you live, there is only a step between me and death. So Jonathan had dinner with his dad and tried to convince him of David's innocence. But Saul grew angry with Jonathan and said to him, Son of a (laughs) rebellious woman! Do I not know that, to your own disgrace, and to the disgrace of your mother's nakedness, you are the companion of Jesse's son? Not Jesse's girl, Jesse's son. For as long as the son of Jesse lives upon the earth, you cannot make good your claim to the kingship. Now send for him and bring him to me, for he must die. But Jonathan argued with his father Saul. Why should he die? What has he done? At this, Saul brandished his spear to strike him, and thus Jonathan learned that his father was determined to kill David. Jonathan sprang up from the table in a rage, and ate nothing that second day of the month, because he was grieved on David's account, and because his father had humiliated him. The next morning, "'Jonathan, accompanied by a young boy, went out into the field for his appointment with David. "'There he said to the boy, "'Run and find the arrows.' "'And as the boy ran, he shot an arrow past him. "'When the boy made for the spot where Jonathan had shot the arrow, Jonathan called after him, "'The arrow is further on.' "'Again he called to the boy, "'Hurry, be quick, don't delay.' Jonathan's boy picked up the arrow and brought it to his master. The boy suspected nothing. Only Jonathan and David knew what was meant, kind of like a secret handshake. Then Jonathan gave his weapons to his boy and said to him, Go, take them to the city. When the boy had gone, David rose from beside the mound and fell on his face to the ground three times in homage. They kissed each other and wept aloud together. The end. Emo boys for life. To kick off our weekly top 10 list, I give you the top 10 worst worship songs ever. After an extensively unofficial Twitter data gathering tweet, here are your top 10. Coming in at number 10, we have Mighty to Save by Hillsong United. This one is just pretty repetitive and dull, and its lyrics don't really connect to each other. Pass. At number nine, we have Reckless Love by Corey Asbury. Okay, so singing for someone and climbing mountains doesn't sound too reckless to me. These seem like pretty everyday activities. Perhaps we could illustrate some reckless love in some better lyrics. At number eight, we have How He Loves by David Crowder Band. Okay, usually I'm a semi-fan of DCB, but this one just doesn't make much sense to me uh, because hurricanes aren't jealous, and a hurricane isn't a very good metaphor for love either. At number seven is Good Good Father by Chris Tomlin. And my only beef with this tune is that it never says why God is a good father. It just repeats and repeats and repeats that he is. And that's just not enough. At number six, we have Days of Elijah by Robin Mark. Okay, so this one's actually pretty catchy and its lyrics are pretty spot on. And it's a nice song all the way around. But adults shouldn't be using this as a worship song. Uh, It sounds like it was written for kindergartners. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, everything in its proper place and time. Number five, we have Shout to the Lord by Darlene Zetch. Maybe. Lyrics-wise, again, this one's decent. It just gets played so, so often. It's okay to retire songs. Okay, coming in at number four. Dropkick Me Jesus by Bobby Bear. I really, really wanted to put this one at number one. Just, what the hell? This metaphor works for exactly one state's worth of Protestant former high school football quarterbacks. Just because we can create something doesn't mean we should create something. Coming in at number three, we have Lord I Lift Your Name on High by Rick Founds. Okay, Do you guys know the story behind this song? It was written while Rick was doing his morning devotion and watching TV. He had this sort of epiphany that the cycle of redemption is kind of like the water cycle. And boom, we have this song. It's not a terrible song, but it's not a mature song. And it 100% shouldn't be nearly as popular as it is. Let it wash away for good. At number two, we have Oceans Where My Feet May Fail by Hillsong United. I think that's two for Hillsong. These guys got to get a little better, huh? Anyway, okay, you cannot rest during a storm at sea. You can't, okay? That's why the apostles all jumped up and started freaking out because you cannot rest during a storm at sea. Now, you certainly can trust God and you should, but you can't rest. You still have to get up. You still have to do the work and you still have to do the work of trusting the Lord. And also just a side note, God is not embracing you in the middle of a storm. He is guiding you through it. Now, maybe that means he has your arm around you, but like, come on, we can be better than this. All right, and coming in at number one, we have Go Make a Difference by Steve Angrasano. Okay, so this is actually a, a good song, but it's not a worship song. Not everything that mentions God should be used as a worship song. There is a time and a place for everything, and we really need to get better at this. That's your top ten. This week, I want to tell you about a St. you've probably never heard of. His name is St. Romanus the Melodist. He lives sometime in the 5th and 6th centuries, and that's as accurate as we're going to get. He earned the nickname the Melodist because of the thousands of hymns he wrote. Thousands. Thousands. There are worse nicknames? Okay, so legend says that he got his start after he fell asleep in a choir stall, and the Theotokos, Godbearer, aka Mary, visited him in a dream. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me. In the dream, she handed him a scroll and commanded him to eat it. When he did, he woke up. Romanus walked up to the ambo, received a blessing from the patriarch, and suddenly spouted off his most famous hymn called On the Nativity, Everyone was amazed at the profound theology in the hymn and Romanus's suddenly clear and beautiful voice. Okay, so apparently he was like, I don't know if he stuttered, but he was not a good speaker prior to this. So that's why everyone was really like astounded. So St. Romanus's feast day is on October 1st which is probably why you don't know him because he totally gets overshadowed by my patroness and your fave, St. Therese of Lisieux. Thanks for joining me tonight for the very first episode of Up Too Late. Special thanks to Taylor Schroll for teaching me how to podcast, to Caitlin Fasista for the awesome logo, and to Cuthbert for composing the music. You can always find me on Twitter, at Teresa Zoe, but I can also be found on Instagram and Facebook sometimes, at Teresa Zoe Williams. If you really want to email me, really, really, I guess that's all right, and you can shoot one over to me at Teresa Zoe Writes at gmail.com. God bless and keep you, sleep well, and have sweet dreams. May your guardian angel be close at hand, and Mama Mary wrap you in her mantle. Go to sleep!